Blog Talk Radio. And welcome. This is Community Garden Revolution. I'm Mary Hugel, the show host, and I'm so glad that you all have come to listen to the show this week. I appreciate it. There's a lot going on, as you know. <laughs> it's toward the end of the season. Some people have already wrapped up their community gardens, and other people are extending. There's more people extending their garden uh, season, their garden growing season, and that's wonderful. This gives a way for you to chip down the cost of your groceries and uh, find another way to be able to save money. A lot of you hit with the um, the insurance costs that are rising, and of course there's other uh, costs that are rising too. Food prices are getting a little bit better uh, this year than they have in the past, uh, but still though, uh, there's uh, a lot of uh, expenses that people are seeing that it's just having to change around the budget. And if you can go ahead and save money by extending your growing season and freezing and canning some of your food, uh, hey, that's a way to do it. It all adds up. That's how I see it. It all adds up. Now, we're finding that the weather is still affecting a lot of people in the United States this year. We've got the wildfires there on the east, uh, I'm sorry, on the west coast. And we've got uh, snow that's now starting to come in on the western states. Uh, some of them got three to six inches, I believe. Uh, then we've got people that are affected by the hurricanes. Uh, that uh, you know, it's the hurricane season up until November 30th area. So, um, so they've already got some big storms out there. And of course, uh, in the state of Florida, we've seen a lot of people that are affected there. Uh, as you saw on some of the news clips, people did not uh, have great luck going to the grocery store. The many shelves were bare when they got there. So this is another reason why, on these kind of situations, uh, store away some kind of food, whether you can can or freeze some of your items from the community garden, uh, whether you can uh, go to the grocery store whether it's once a week or once every other week. Uh, buy a can or two of soup um, and store it in your pantry. Buy some rice. Buy some beans. Have something that, in case you're out of uh, electricity or if you've got uh, going around or some other kind of natural disaster, uh, that you can go ahead and have something to munch on, whether it's for two days, whether it's for two weeks, uh, whether it's a month, you know, who knows. But at least in these kind of disasters, you've got something to fall back on. Because it doesn't matter where you are. Where we are in the Midwest, we think of earthquakes. So um, now there are other things that could happen. We could get a, a big rain, and we'll get some rain in a few days from here from that Hurricane Matthew. Um, we always do. Uh, they tell us that, hey, it's coming our way, blah, 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 days. And, and we usually get a good thing of rain. And uh, it's hard for us to imagine how it must be in those places because of the rain that we get. so um, But to have that in case you have flash flooding, we've seen that periodically here in the United States in some of the craziest places. Uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana is one of them. Um, you know, have something stored back because you just don't know when those natural disasters may happen. And you've got to have something to have uh, stored uh, for you and your family to be able to eat. So I'm just telling you. Because I know in our area in the Midwest, we have a mid, we have a um, oh winter coming that's going to be extremely cold, and particularly in February, I think that's when they feel that we're going to get most of our snow. So we're due for it. Uh, we're very surprised we didn't get pelted last year. 
So that means that this year we'll get pelted. <laughs> and because of the humidity we've had in our part of the nation, uh, we've just had, I mean, it's just been so humid. We usually get humid anyway, you know. The humidity is kind of bad. But this year it has been long and enduring, and it has been so intense. We've not had really the 95-degree weather on up. It's the humidity that we've had. So um, we're ready for winter. <laughs> not really, but we're ready. <laughs> Probably mentally. <laughs> but uh, we've been trying to stock up a little bit uh, so that we at least know that in case we can't get out, because for us in our area where we live, if it snows a lot or if it uh, has an ice storm, we can't get it for a day. So um, so have something stored back in the background, whether you get to can some of your items from your community garden or if you get to freeze anything. Do keep something aside. It all adds up, believe it or not. So if you go to the grocery store and get one or two cans of soup and another week you go get another can or two of soup, you'd be surprised how fast it adds up. And make sure you have some water of some sort to be able to fall back on too because if you're out for two days or two weeks, you got to be able to fall back on something. So um, just trying to prepare you because we've seen in America so much extreme weather that, um, you know, please be be aware that you have to be uh, safe of some sort and you also have to have some food. So if you can get some batteries, get some batteries. Have some candles around. Make sure you got candles to light uh, in case uh, you need that for electricity to see. So, um, you know, just be, be aware and be prepared. It doesn't hurt to do that. Um, the extremes in the weather has just been something. So, all righty. We're going to go ahead and tell you a, a really tip, I think, from the USDA about farmers and make sure you keep your records with you or store your records. Make sure you keep them with you so that in case you do have, like, flooding or if you have some other problems that you can at least have your records. And I like this uh, uh, little ditty from them because – Bottom line, we do that anyway, too. We always have areas where we have like a bag or we have a, a box or something where we have where we know we can go to to get the storage records or the files on whatever. And I think that's important because uh, if if there is like an earthquake or if there is something that you have to all of a sudden leave, then you've got your information with you. Now, the same thing could be with your community garden information, uh, with your volunteer list, with your sponsorship list. Uh, with your um, uh, information of who's going to grow what or do what, uh, that's very important. Uh, you may not think it is at the time and think, well, we'll just, you know, we'll be able to get past whatever. But what if your house burns down or what if something happens to your apartment and gets flooded out or whatever? We just don't know with these natural disasters that are happening. So uh, I'm just saying be prepared in whatever ways you can. Now we're going to go ahead and see uh, what the USDA says about these records. Uh, that uh, farmers can uh, store, they should store, and you should too. This is about the most uh, scary track I've seen uh, for the east coast of Florida in a long time. National Hurricane Center Director Dr. Rick Nabb talking about Hurricane Matthew, which could bring destruction all the way from central Florida up into South Carolina. Brad Path with USDA's Farm Service Agency told us farmers in the storm's path should include in their preparations safeguarding and backing up farm records before the storm hits. They should, for example... Have an up-to-date cow count. If they got a cow-calf operation or if they've got a dairy operation, obviously they're... Uh, milk handler, their creamery, their cooperative, 
proprietary plant would have some type of uh, record-keeping system about uh, as far as the amount of milk that is produced. Any type of weight tickets or warehouse scaling information as far as the uh, crop that they've grown and they've sold and marketed obviously is very helpful. Helpful when it comes time to document losses for crop insurance or other USDA disaster assistance programs. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. Thank you, Gary. I think it's always very important to be able to know in case there's a disaster. We always prepare ourselves to and sometimes repack things and whatever. Uh, what you can grab real fast and leave. Uh, so that means if uh, you put all your uh, bill information or if your insurance information, your will, whatever, uh, and someone says, hey, we're going to get flooded here in a second or if uh, a fire comes or if, let's say a lightning strikes or whatever, uh, hits your apartment or your house, at least you have a way to just grab something and go. And that's very important uh, for the rest of your life to remember that because we just don't know you know, the world's different, and we just don't know. And uh, particularly with all these different wildfires and all these different earthquakes that we've been getting, the tornado track is changing. Unfortunately, it's changing even more toward our area in the Midwest. That's too bad. <laughs> and um, then you've got the flooding that we've been seeing. That some of it's been flash flooding when people have been getting the 15, 25 inches, 40 inches of rain uh, in a short period of time. And it's been in places that no one ever would even think that they'd get that kind of rain. So just be ready. Just be ready. And be ready that if you're down for two days to, to two weeks, uh, even a month uh, on your electricity, that at least you've got something stored at home. You've got your canned tomatoes. You've got your uh, frozen corn, your frozen okra, uh, your green beans that you've collected that you've got from your garden. Uh it all adds up. You may not think so at the time, but it really does add up. And what we do is that we think it through, you know, okay, uh, do we need some beans in the background? Do we need some rice? Um, you know, think it through what could sustain you. Uh, it, it's not going to be a steak dinner, uh, but, but it's something that can stay, sustain you uh, to get you from here to there because the weather is just something. And uh, it could be the extremes, and you've just got to be ready. Okay, so before we get to the part of the real exciting news about burpee seeds and working with the White House uh, in their garden, um, I'm going to go ahead and do a, a little segment here for the uh, USDA about water stewardship and partnership. And that's very important because uh, uh, we've got to make sure that we're going to have enough water, okay, or water, depends upon where you, where you uh, live. Where I live, it's water. And uh, I'm sure other parts of the nation is water. So <laughs> got to cover the bases there. But uh, as you know, in Southern California, you folks having hard problems with that. And I think it's great for the people that are doing the science to go out to the water to be able to see if they can cut down those um, uh, chemicals and be able to use some of that uh, for you all to drink or be able to uh, put on your fields and that kind of thing. And some people are drilling down like that we do here with oil. Uh, some people are drilling down to find uh, water that they can use for the fields. Uh, but uh, I believe that's an important thing for us to push uh, to be able to make sure that we find ways of keeping our water going because um, you can't function too well if you don't have air, if you don't have water, and you don't have food. So um, we do need to keep uh, the science going on that, and we do need to keep all the different companies that are trying to help to find more companies to help or to keep those companies 
uh, to help. So I'm going to go ahead and see what the USDA has to say about that situation. We all use, need fresh water in our everyday lives, from basic survival to use in a variety of tasks. Needless to say, the president of the Coca-Cola company, Sandy Douglas, is well aware of the preciousness and scarcity of the resource known as H2O. We share the deep concern about this incredible resource. Together we know that water faces serious challenges, and that's why water stewardship has become such an important priority at the Coca-Cola company. That resulted in Douglas and other leaders of the company back in 2007 setting a goal of returning to nature 100% of the water used in its beverages by the year 2020. And at a recent ceremony at the patio at USDA headquarters in Washington, D.C., Douglas was able to announce... We've met this goal five years early. But what exactly would this, does this, reclamation, replenishment of over 1 billion liters of water look like in a real-world application? It starts with a partnership. Coca-Cola joined forces with the Agriculture Department and the U.S. Forest Service, as well as the National Forest Foundation and many other partners to leverage financial, technical, and volunteer efforts. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack notes the involvement includes 13 separate projects in six national forests, 5,000 hours of volunteer time by people all across the United States. A $2.1 million commitment by Coca-Cola, matched by the National Forest Foundation. And in terms of what some of these projects in our nation's forests look like on the ground level... 1,200 acres restored and become more resilient. 3.2 miles of drain tile that was removed to support wetland restoration. 8.3 miles of streams that were restored in these 13 projects. Almost 75 miles of trails that were restored and better maintained. 34 miles of river connected back appropriately to the lake and services. 695 stream restoration structures that were installed in projects. Based on that description, improved water quality and supply are not the only benefits of such collaborative projects. Chris Wood of Trout Unlimited discusses his organization's work with Coca-Cola and the Forest Service on a project on Comanche Creek within the Carson National Forest in New Mexico. What we're doing there is helping to recover a population of imperiled fish called Rio Grande cutthroat trout. What we've done is created one of the first, what they call a metapopulation, where basically these fish can now move through a connected system with protected headwaters, and they can move down into lower elevation areas so when big floods and fires and drought come, they have a chance to survive. Although the target goal of 1 billion liters of water reclaimed has been met, the many partners in this effort are moving forward with their latest goal, to double both the commitment and the reclamation of water by the year 2018. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. And thank you, Rod. I think that's exciting. Uh, we need to watch all of our different resources. I've told you before that if you do a, a community garden, make sure you've got a water source. Uh, too many people start these community gardens and they have no water. <laughs> How do you keep the plants, uh, you know, with water? And uh, so then they try to rely on the water or water trucks that go down uh, in your town to try to water things, you know, like they do for other plants across the city. I'm telling you, that's not the route to do it because you get someone in the truck that maybe is getting ready to go lunch, so they'll just gingerly put water on there, or maybe they're getting ready to go home for the holiday. Uh, they may skip by you or they may uh, just do a little bit of uh, one and two rows and that's it. You can't rely on that. So uh, if you have a water spigot there and then find out a way to lock it so that some clown doesn't come by and try to open it up and then you have water uh, going all day long until the next person comes in to uh, do their plants. So that's my uh, 
uh, observation. That's my suggestion uh, that you have some kind of water spigot uh, around to be able to, to handle things. So, and you might have to find uh, someone to donate that to be put in. Some towns have done that. I wanted to say some towns spent $1,200 on that to hook up. Um, I, I think I read that about a year or two ago. Uh, I don't know what it costs to do that. I have no clue. Uh, somebody did it recently locally here, uh, a very nominal cost. I don't know how they did it or if they got it donated from one of the plumbers. I don't know what went on. So, um, <laughs> But they got it done. And um, there's ways of getting it done is what I'm trying to tell you. So don't think that, oh, my gosh, the cost. Find someone that will donate the labor and the cost of it for you. Uh, have two or three companies all pitch in and help out. So uh, be creative. Um, sometimes there's people that have better ideas of how to get from here to there and rely on them. So uh, there's ways of getting things done is what I'm trying to tell you. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and take a short little break here before we talk about some exciting news. Uh, and it's whether you like the idea or not, but I do. I think the uh, idea of having a garden there at the White House has always been good for community gardens and also for better eating, uh, my opinion. And the news even gets better from what we understand from Burpee C. Seeds has done a really remarkable thing, and I believe it's going to help them out for the next 17 years. They are putting together a package. It's a $2.5 million gift. Now, this has just been announced a few days ago, so this is hot news. In fact, I'm telling you, I read this probably a day or two before they even made the announcement there on uh, CBS uh, TV. Um, And I didn't think too much about it, and then we went back to kind of you know, glean it for the information uh, to put in my magazine called Community Garden. Then all of a sudden it said they had just announced it, uh, you know, nationally. And so that was exciting that uh, I got to at least see the information as it was rolling out. That was kind of fun. But uh, the uh, Burpee Seeds people have decided they're going to maintain and ensure the operation of the White House Kitchen Garden that was initiated by First Lady Michelle Obama. And the donation is uh, made by the home gardening company W. Altley or Atley Burpee and the Burpee Foundation. And according to the CEO uh, of the 140-year-old company, George Ball, he's also the chairman, uh, they basically wanted to make sure that uh, it becomes a tradition and uh, that there were gardens there at the White House that goes back to John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Yay! (laughs) I love Thomas Jefferson. And they wanted to make sure that as America's leading home gardening company, and that's what they are stating, uh, that they recognize the importance of continuing the White House kitchen garden and developing its educational activities in support of the White House initiative. And the gift is made to the National Park Foundation to cover a direct cost to expand and maintain the garden. And the donation is a long-term commitment to the preservation of the White House kitchen garden. And um, they like the spirit of the can-do attitude that uh, Michelle Obama has done with this White House kitchen garden. And they want to support it and ensuring uh, for the next generations, as long as the White House serves as the residence for the President of the United States. And uh, they have been working with uh, the uh, 
the uh, Parks Foundation, the National Park Foundation, for more than two years to help reverse the dramatic loss of bees and other pollinators. And the company donated more than one million seed packets to help home gardeners plant gardens that attract bees and butterflies. And the packets were distributed free of charge to visitors to national parks throughout the 215 and 200 I'm sorry, 200, 2015 and 2016 season. I think that's cool. I didn't know that. And uh, it's going to come from, um, let's see here. The foundation was established in 2003, and the Burpee uh, company went ahead and decided that they would put through their Burpee company and also the foundation uh, to be able to keep this going and uh, that the Burpee Company breeds, produces, and distributes seeds and plants of vegetables and flowers, both nationally and internationally. So let's see what else information. And let's see here. They feel that this is a good impact on the Let's Move initiative that the First Lady has started uh, on the South Lawn of the Garden, which started, believe it or not, she planted it in 2009. Of course, it's 2016 now, but... um, I always think it's great in Sahut when they show the chefs going out there with their their bowls and the, and they do different kind of events there at the you know the, the South Lawn or at the White House and they use uh, items from the uh, the garden that are fresh, so it uh, helps instill in people that you can garden and eat your fresh veggies from your garden, and whether it's a big function that they have for a meal, state dinner, or they have maybe. Uh, some kind of a luncheon or whatever. They always mention that they have something fresh from the garden. And I think that's great for them to have the White House um, push the initiative for people to grow more gardens uh, because uh, we do need that to sustain ourselves for our food uh, because uh, food coming from other nations coming in can have pesticides and all kinds of other kinds of herbicides, all kinds of hazardous waste on it. We have not eaten uh, uh, apple peel in years, uh, we usually when we have it for our salads and meals, we usually cut off the um, the skin. And I thought that was kind of odd that my mom would always have me, you know, cut that off for her because I caregive my mom. And now I understand with all the different um, uh, chemicals that can go on a, a, a growing an apple, uh, I'm so glad that we don't have to eat that. Uh, I may eat it once or twice a year when I eat a candied apple, you know, or caramel apple. <laughs> I mean, you got to have one or two, and. Uh, <laughs> And it's just a season. I saw some at the grocery store today, as a matter of fact. But um, so bottom line, when uh, I started doing that recently, I saw one of the Apple companies that we bought uh, from. Uh, it had all kinds of goop on the outside, a white kind of film of some sort. And so I was just so glad that we weren't eating that because I couldn't wash it off and it was just stuck there. And uh, so we do peel off the, the peeling of an apple and we eat the insides, and uh, uh, it's fresh, uh, it tastes good, uh, and it's certainly not anything of chemicals that are still lingering uh, that would go inside our bodies. Uh, We do that with water also. We're here in the Midwest. We have the most um, polluted uh, river in the nation, and we knew it was a problem. We knew it was about 10, 12 years ago a problem, and um, uh, the political people told us that, oh, the water's okay, yeah, it's all right. And we had aerial views of the plumes that were going on the sides of the banks. And we said, oh, really? What's that stuff? (laughs) So uh, periodically our water has had 
to have a lot more fluoride in it, more more uh, chlorine in it, and it tastes like it too. So uh, not only ourselves, we were very surprised that when we went to the grocery store, uh, people of all econ- economic levels, I mean all economic levels, uh, were buying um, bottled water. And so we do that when we uh, have that. We've had the Brita. The, uh, sometimes people say the Brita works well. Sometimes they say it doesn't, whatever. Uh, but uh, we do what we can because we don't trust the tap water ourselves. So um, And they have to overcompensate late summer where we live and uh, because the water gets low. And uh, then you get more of the, the uh, bottom of the river. So uh, they overcompensate with the chemicals. And it is just foul-smelling, foul-tasting Forget it. So um, we have noticed this year over any other year, more people of all economic levels are feeling the same thing that we are. We're just not going to drink that stuff. So um, don't know what the numbers are as far as the grocery stores or what the numbers are of what they're seeing the things sold, but uh, uh, we're all drinking a little bit more bottled water here and there when we can, so when you can afford it. And um, I would say that's going to be a trend coming, particularly uh, with other parts of the nation, if they feel their water is not going to be safe, uh, like what we found up there in Flint, Michigan. You know, that is just horrible, absolutely horrible what that what happened there. So uh, I'm for pushing for good, safe water because even though we live in an area that has a river, we have the most polluted uh, uh, river in the United States. So uh, that's not going to do us any good. So, but anyway, I'm for all things water, <laughs> but I'm all things for the burpee seeds helping out the White House. I'm not sure why I got off that tangent, but it was just something that this summer, I'm telling you, we saw more people buy bottled water than you believe. They even have bottled water now at the front of the door uh, so that when you walk in, you have a chance to buy bottled water, your beer, or your, your colas, and we've never seen that before, never. So, <laughs> so things change and things happen, you know. But uh, hooray for the Burby Seeds people for doing what they've done, and uh, we are going to follow that, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to learn a lot of what they're experiencing, what they've done to change things and make things a little bit better or different on the varieties there at the uh, uh, the White House Kitchen Garden. It's going to be interesting to see what they say and do. I just picked up a catalog, and I didn't get to go through it. I may try it for next week. It's called the Territorial Seed Company. They call themselves Top Performing Seed Plants and Supplies. Uh, Over 120 new products for spring of 2016 is what they had. Uh, I realized they were out there. I thought, I'll just go ahead and see what they have. Sign up for the 2017 catalog. I'm sure they'll be excited to have you on board. Uh, But uh, we'll go through a few more catalogs because this is the time that people get the catalogs and and, uh, do their planning for the uh, for this 2017 time of course we say a shout out to the baker uh, creek heirloom seed company that's who we push in the uh, magazine community garden uh, so uh, they have a lot of seeds a lot of heirloom things it's baker creek heirloom seed company well this has been community garden revolution and i'm so glad you came this week appreciate it my name is mary huckel and have a great community garden day